Welcome back to What Do You Want to Watch, the show hosted by myself, Nathan English, and David Dirks. And it's over, guys. It, it, it's the end of the year. 2022 is done. 2023 Sheesh. is about to start. And that means David and I watched a bunch of movies this year and a bunch of new releases. Uh, I personally, as of recording this podcast, have seen 62 films released in 2022 alone. Um, and we're going to be ranking our top 10 of the year. So you're probably going to hear some movies you haven't seen yet. So put these at the top of your watch list. Figure out a way <laughs> to watch them because Dave and I are going to be counting down the best movies of 2022. Let's get it. Yeah. All right, David. First, before we start into our individual rankings, we're, we're this is the best movie year we've had, I think, since COVID started. Would you agree with that assessment? I think so. That was kind of something I wanted to talk about was like, we have last 2021 to, to compare to really COVID, uh, you know, Without a COVID year, which it affected a little bit, but is this better than 2021? So, as I'm looking at it right now, I have a ranking of 2021 movies as well, of which I've seen 53. Um, so I saw less movies, quite honestly, less movies okay. came out. I would say yeah. that the top three or four of 2021 that I have are as good as the top three or four of this year. But I would say that 2021 was not near as deep for me. Um, mm. Like when we get, I have Coda at number five in, in 2021, my fifth favorite movie of the year that year. I don't think that would make the top 15 this year. I really don't. Um, mm. So I think, I think 2022 is a much deeper year film wise. Uh, what about you? How are you feeling about it? Yeah, I think I agree. I, I I see what you're saying as I'm looking now. Like, man, Spider Man, Dune, Licorice Pizza. Like, there were some those those three really solid who swept a lot of the, uh, you know, awards uh, at the Academy and, and Coda's up there. But then, yeah, right next is like Shang Chi and Power of the Dog. Like, which were good movies, really good movies. But I think that list kind of drops off very quickly um, compared to 2022, where it's like. You know, I, I just told this before we started, like I have four movies that could fit in this top 10 spot. And I, I up to this point, I don't know what I'm going to put in because there I really there were just some really good and really unique movies, really insanely unique movies uh, this year. And the four that might go in will, will prove that. So, yeah, I think I agree. I think this year was better. I um, mean, I think the studio's back. I think theaters are back. Um, so, yeah, it was a good year of movies for sure. Mm -hmm. I, I would agree. Um, uh, yeah, I think this is that when people look back uh, on maybe the history of movies in, in a decade or so, they will think of 2022 as the year theaters and movies were back, you know, and you could just base that off of two releases. There's been some sluggish bo box office stuff that we can get into in a little bit, but Avatar, The Way of Water and Top Gun Maverick have come out in this year and Top Gun Maverick made $1.8 billion when nobody thought it would. And Avatar is going to make $2 billion probably at the box yep. office. So this is going to be the first time where, you know, big, big box office numbers are back. But there's been quite a few disappointments as well. But I think it's the first time where we're seeing new movies come out at this rate in theaters. They're not just going straight to streaming. A lot of these are going in theaters. Um, some of them haven't been as successful as they would have liked, but they're still coming out in theaters. Um 
David, what movie, what 2022 movie were you most looking forward to that just did not hold up? That is definitely not cracking this top 10 list. Um, I, that's a really, really good question. Um, I wrote this question. So you think I would have been prepared to have the answer when when you asked that, I'm not going to say like that was just a bad movie. I think I'm going to look at it in terms of, I had high expectations or wanted it to be really good. And it really kind of dropped off more for me. As much as I somewhat still enjoyed it, I think still The Gray Man. There was a lot of hype on that and the two A-list actors that were involved. Mm. And it kind of turned into like, you know, at times like a CGI was, eh, you know, and at times it was, eh, and at times. So I think that I think myself, I got, I hyped that up, I think quite a bit. And I think I was disappointed for it to be a, eh, it was, yeah. You know what I mean? So I was really wanting more from, from, from the Russo brothers and from that. So I think that's going to be my pick for, for that answer. What about you? Uh, well, as you said that, I realized I didn't have the gray man on my letterbox list. Um, so thank you for pointing that out to me. I've seen 64. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I know your answer to this question. For me, it's don't, it's don't, it's don't worry, darling. Um, we talked about mm-hmm. it early on in this podcast in the early episodes is my most anticipated movie. It's got my favorite actress in it. Olivia Wilde directed one of my favorite movies of this past five years or so in Booksmart. Uh, I was very excited for this. It, it became clear as we got closer that the, the production for this movie was troublesome to say the least. Um, and then as I watched it in theaters, I just, I just did not enjoy it. Um, quite frankly, I was, I was pretty, pretty pissed um, at just how dumb I felt the movie was and mm. kind of how wasted the Florence Pugh performance was because she was genuinely great in that movie, but the rest of the movie just did not live up to, to her. Um, so yeah, I, I will be going with, with Don't Worry Darling. I think The Gray Man was very disappointing for me as well. And then quite honestly, Marvel this year, um, I like Multiverse of Madness, mm. But Thor: Love and Thunder and Wakanda Forever, probably Wakanda Forever more so because my expectations for that one were much higher. Um, we're just we're just pretty disappointing as a whole. Um, I think this is, I, I I have been resistant to the anti Marvel slander that had been, you know, just constantly constantly on everyone's mind. Um, I'm not as resistant anymore. I, I'm starting to get the fatigue as well, and I think we're getting a lot of disappointments from them so yeah yeah i i can see that i i was there was some exhaustion i think from it i i reacted to the those three movies i think better than you did um i think we liked dr strange pretty equally uh and then mm-hmm. thor and and black panther yeah i think i i think i responded better to them uh than you did i black panther i responded better than thor i've settled a little bit since uh seeing thor the second time um but mm-hmm. so yeah no, that that's awesome. Yeah, I, th- uh, I think that's that's the one thing that's going to be come out of I think the, any of these later years is there. It's not going to stack up to years like 2019 um, because one, I just 2019 is a super deep movie year, but also Marvel not being putting out top stuff is going to like affect the way I look at this movie year. You know, because hmm. um, that's a good point. That's insane Spider-Man, though that they have that. Ha- Spider-Man: Far From Home and Endgame came out in that year. Captain Marvel came out as well. Kind of maligned. But, you know, when you think about that, you're like, oh, we got a bunch of great movies in for Best Picture. And then also, if you look at just like the popular movies that made the most money, you got Avengers Endgame, one of the like most important movies of all time. And yeah. we're just yeah. not going to have that, it seems. So that's interesting. Um, 
All right. A- anything else you want to talk about, David, or should we just hop into the lists? No, I, I think this is... I know this movie probably won't fall on our top 10 list. The Black Phone, it says it's a 2021 movie, but that definitely released in 2022, correct? So anything that came out or was released to streaming on 2022, correct, just kind of kind of so makes I, this yeah. list. Because sometimes if you look at Letterboxd, they have um, festival releases. So movies come out in festivals long before they come out in theaters and stuff. So some of the years mm-hmm. are screwed up. So I believe, let me check. Let me check if the Black Phone came out this year. But yes, essentially look up the theatrical release if it was released in the U.S. Um, yeah, it was released. So yeah, there was a it was in a festival in 2021, but it released in June of 2022 um, in theaters. Yeah. So okay. yeah, just look up the theatrical release if it was released in the calendar year 2022. It counts. All right, David, I'm going to put you on the spot here because you said you don't have a pick for this, um, but you need to give me your number 10 movie. So... I do, uh, and I think, <laughs> I think, simply just because of, I don't know if you want to say, you know, starting from behind, you know, early before it came out. I'm gonna pick Barbarian. Like we just haven't had a movie like that come out. Um, I don't think, uh, in the way that it did, and and how it was made, and who made it. Uh, and I think it really shocked a lot of people, and it, it turned out to be just a really, really good movie. Um came out really kind of earlier or later here in the year um, and was just released to HBO Max, um, but directed by Zach Kreger, uh, starring Georgina Campbell, Bill Skarsgård, Justin Long. Um, just kind of a, man, I, I don't even know how to explain it, but just a, a, a well-done horror movie, a weird kind of freaky flick uh, that I really enjoyed. I think it was really good. On second watch, um, I enjoyed it just as much, which I think, kind of helps a movie hold um you know to its standard if it doesn't fall apart so yeah Uh, barbarian for me it hits that 10 spot uh i had that in the 10 to 20 range but yeah that was one of the more fun uh, movie theater experiences um and i actually remember getting out of that movie and texting you immediately and being like you have to see barbarian don't look up anything about it go in completely blind and you're gonna have a good time uh yeah you did and I did as well. So yeah, that was a very rewarding, just horror movie that quite honestly, I wasn't expecting much from, um, went to watch it and, and thoroughly enjoyed it. So I like that yeah. pick. Number 10 for me is not going to be a shock. If you've listened to the beginning episodes of this podcast, and that will be Michael Bay's ambulance. Look, come on, let's just get it out of the way. Now let's talk about it. Ambulance is, is not a, good film in the sense of it, it's going to make you think it deeper about life. You're going to walk out of that movie, a changed person, right? It, it, it's not going to have the lines that you're going to quote endlessly, but you know what it has? Mm. It has Jake Gyllenhaal in a cashmere sweater, screaming at the top of his lungs, <laughs> running away from the police in an ambulance while people are shooting the movie with drones flying around. Okay. It is the Michael Bayest Michael Bay film that we that we've had in previous years, and I think it's his best work since probably the first Transformers. Actually, it's better than that. I would say it's his best work since probably The Rock or Armageddon. Um, this is a fantastic movie, and just I went to the theater and I just I sat there and I was like, "Freaking movies, dude! I love hmm. action movies. I love big cinema action." <laughs> And it was fantastic. I had a great time. Yeah. Is it a little long? Yes. 
Is it a little corny at times? Yes. Is the action awesome? Yes. Is there some solid performances in there? Yes. Ambulance is great. I think it easily deserves my 10 spot. David, you have mm. seen Ambulance. Yeah. How did you feel about it? Uh, this movie was in my top 15. It settled there uh, for the end of the year rankings. I Yeah, same thing. Really enjoyed it. Um, you you kind of like helped me in advance. Like, do turn your brain off and just enjoy like what you're watching on screen. So I was able to do that. And it was fun. I like Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, I'm a big fan um, of him. And dude, the drone shots. Yeah, Michael Bay just knows how to like please you i guess in the sense like at the at the most shallow form of like these are insane shots um you know like kind of stuff we talk about sometimes of whether we like a movie or not it's like you know corny lines but the action's so good that like i'm okay with like a corny line here or there because Mm -hmm. you know that's not what this movie is for right this movie is not here because of the script it's here to blow you away with the crazy action scene of an ambulance you know driving through the city so no i enjoyed it it was a fun watch for me Absolutely. David, what do you got at number nine? Number nine for me is a movie I actually just watched last week, Glass Onion. I have yet to see it. I'm waiting to watch it with a friend. Please give me a spoiler-free review of Glass Onion. How do you feel about it? Um, Dog, these are so good. It, give me – Ryan Johnson can make five, six, seven of these murder mysteries movies and drop Daniel Keg right down in the middle of it like a little salt off the elbow and I'd be in line every single time like Daniel Craig just knows this role so well um and it's just fun it's like a current event clue I don't even know how to explain it but I love it uh it's I think I was talking to someone about this and uh I think what makes like these movies knives out even like so good is that everyone knows it's a murder mystery, right? Everyone knows there's a twist coming, but like the fact that they can't still guess that twist knowing that it's coming and they're, you know, trying to solve it, you know, the whole, the whole time. I think that makes it like, that's how, you know, it's a good movie knows, knows that it holds up. And even like the group I was watching with someone caught a detail that affected it later. I caught a detail that affected it later. Like people saw stuff. Other people didn't see that stuff. Like it's just crazy how like the Ryan Johnson, the director puts it there all right there in front of you. And you know, mm-hmm. it's not like, okay, that's, they definitely added that in there. Right. That wasn't, that wasn't there, but like, no, he, he presents these details, these breadcrumbs to you throughout the whole movie that you just don't notice. And that's, I think that's for me, that proves it to be just a really cool and a fun mystery of like, Nope. I just didn't miss, I just didn't see that, you know. So, man, it was fun. Um, also, just a fun group of actors with Edward Norton and Dave Bautista, obviously Daniel Craig, uh, Kate Hudson's funny, Catherine Hahn. Um, so, yeah, man, it was a uh, it was a fun movie. So, uh, yeah, I think I think you'll enjoy it, knowing you and knowing how much you like Knives Out. I think you will enjoy this movie. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's been hard to wait. Um, I promised his friend I'd watch it with them. Um, so I've just been holding out, and we're going to see it Wednesday. Um, so it's been tough to wait. I've kind of been, you know, very, very cautious about my internet usage, just in case somebody's tweeting out spoilers and stuff, because I know a lot of yeah. people have already seen this movie, and some people have even watched it twice that I know, um, which mm. is a good sign for me. I'm, I'm really excited. I, I'm seeing a lot of positive reactions, so uh, I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah, I want to watch it again uh, to see if I can, like, catch those details and stuff like that. It's just su- it's super fun. 
Right. And Knives Out was the same way. It rewarded you for multiple viewing. So I'm hoping that mm. this one lives up to, to the hype. Uh, for me, my number nine is a movie that's probably going to appear later on your list. Um, and, and that is The Batman. David, do you have this movie in your mm. top 10? Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, so we will just wait until you mention it to talk about it um, fully. Uh, so okay. I'll, I'll just save that conversation for later. David, what do you got? Number eight. Uh, number eight for me, which I know, I know for a fact you have this. Uh, it's the Banshees of Anishirin. Uh, yep, I have that later. Yep. You have that later. Cool. What? Okay. We can talk about that. So yeah. Awesome. What was your number eight then? I'll just, I'll fill it in. Okay. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my number eight is RRR, um, mm. the Tollywood movie, three-hour epic um, that is about two revolutionaries in India in the 1920s that includes uh, a musical number, a guy fighting a tiger multiple times, um, some of the most epic handshakes I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was it's it's the it's probably just the most pure fun I've had watching a movie. I watched it at home, um, did not see it in theaters, but RR was just so enjoyable. It, it the clear the filmmakers had a good time making it, and they were just trying to make people laugh and have fun. Um, it's got a good story, but quite honestly, it doesn't really need to. The action is is so well done. It's it's like classic over the top Tollywood Bollywood style action, but it's not so over the top that it's corny or bad it's just so over the top that it's awesome like you're just thinking like this is so cool the whole time you're watching stuff happen mm. it's just yeah. really enjoyable uh i really really love seeing this it is on netflix uh, i know a lot of people haven't seen it especially with the language barrier and the three-hour runtime is kind of a limit for a lot of people but i know a lot of people are off right now with winter break Pop in RR for three hours. I promise you're going to have a good time. I have yet to hear about a person who didn't have a good time watching this. So highly mm. recommend it. It is number eight for me of the year. Yeah, this is one I wanted to watch. I just, I think simply the runtime prevented me. I was like, oh, I'm going to watch RRR. And it's like, I don't have enough time. I have two and a half hours and that's not enough time, you know? Uh, and I'm, I'm not a guy that likes mm. to like pause it and finish it later. Like I want to be able to right. finish it in one sitting. So I just need to like commit maybe over break or, uh, spring break, something, just commit and, and watch it because yeah, you and another friend have said like, it's a fun, it's a fun watch, good action scene. So yeah, cool. Mm -hmm. All right, David, what do you got? Number seven. Uh, seven for me, uh, is going to be Black Panther, Black Panther Wakanda forever. Um, talk about it. Directed by Ryan Coogler, uh, the second installment of the Black Panther movies. Um, man, I, this might, I think we even talked about this in our discussion of Black Panther. I think this was the most emotionally charged movie that I had seen since uh, Infinity War or Endgame. A um, lot just building up, not only in the storyline, but obviously with the late Chadwick Boseman and his passing. Um, the trailer set that up and even the beginning of this movie set that up of like, man, he is still a very focal character in this and we're going to honor him. Um, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought they honored him well. Um, I talked about this too, but like mm -hmm. the, uh, the pre-credit Marvel Studios slide just going in complete silence after his funeral, uh, was, was tough, man. It emotionally was, was very powerful. Um, I, I really enjoy the Black Panther villains, both in the first and the second movie, the main villain 
it was one of those like both you know like when they're talking the pro and antagonist are talking it's like they both have really good points like both are right right now yeah. but one is handling it the correct way and, and the other is not you know um both antagonists in these two movies like had real hurt and real pain um and really good points but just were not responding or, or reacting correctly um so I really like that. There was a deep reason for their pain and for them acting, not just kind of some shallow plot hole in, in that sense. So, um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Letitia Wright, I thought, did incredible, especially the big reveal. Um, didn't I, I thought uh, the antagonist um, as Namor, uh, Tinak Hirata, I don't know how to say his name, so I'm sorry if I just butchered that, but I thought Tino he did a very good Huerta. job. Tino Huerta, okay. Mm-hmm. Um and then I have to mention Angela Bassett, who I think was maybe was she nominated? Going to be nominated for she? Ha- yeah. they haven't announced yet, but she's probably going to be nominated for best supporting actress at the Oscars. And um, and as she should, it's going to be a pretty big feat for I think I think that'll be the first acting nom for a Marvel movie. I think uh, so too. There's been other Oscar nominations, but I don't think there's been an acting one unless Chadwick Boseman was maybe nominated for Black Panther, but I don't think so. Um, so no, because yeah, be a big deal. but yeah, I, I enjoyed this. I, I don't want to spend too much more time on this, but yeah, what I know you didn't react as well to it, but what are your thoughts? Kind of in number seven spot, what are your thoughts so on the movie? I, I didn't hate the movie. It, it failed on on what I kind of had hoped. Uh, I think it's significantly worse than the first Black Panther. But what you talked about did work for me. Letitia Wright's performance, Angela Bassett's performance, Tanner Huerta's performance. What didn't work for me was it felt like there's a lot of fat and a lot of CGI ugliness. I felt like um, the Riri Williams thing was kind of pushed in because we got to have Riri Williams in a story because we're going to have an Ironheart show coming up. And the final battle on the CGI ship just looked terrible to me. A lot of the CG looked bad. And mm-hmm. it's, I, I, again, I think the acting was solid. I think the way that they handled Chadwick's passing was really well done. Um, very emotional, as you said. I cried a couple of times watching this movie. Um, but I, I just think that there was a lot of stuff that was bogging it down from being as good as I wanted it to be. But I still, uh, it's a three and a half out of five for me you know i i I talked about it very negatively because i think i had some very high expectations but it is by no means a terrible movie or even a bad movie by marvel standards Mm -hmm. um so yeah uh number seven for me is a movie i am 100 percent certain that david has later on and that is avatar the way of water um Mm. which i know you have top 10 yeah, so we will for just sure. wait to talk about it then. And probably that will be the movie we will talk about the most, I'm assuming, out of everybody. David, what is your number six? Number, <laughs> number six for me is Cha Cha Real Smooth. Which that is later. Do you have later. that one? Okay, you <laughs> yeah, have that you so have that as well. All right, but a movie that we can talk about now. My number six was your number eight, The Banshees of Inishirin. Um that is Martin McDonough's um Second movie containing the pair of Colin Farrell and Brennan Gleeson. It is about two guys who are friends at the beginning of this movie, or actually a little before this movie, I guess, and then just aren't. Uh, Brennan Gleeson's character decides mm-hmm. he doesn't want to be friends with Colin Farrell. This is set um, around the the beginning of the Irish Civil War, I believe, early 20th century, maybe late 18th, somewhere in that time range. This movie is brutal, but it's also beautiful. Uh, mm. The vistas are stunning. Um, Ireland is a, is a very beautiful place. Um, and 
it looks great. It's it's very well acted. Uh, Colin Farrell, particularly his like simple and kind and sweet character in this film is, is heartbreaking. And it's just it's about what happens when one guy decides he doesn't want to be in a friendship anymore. Hmm. David, yeah. What? How did you feel when you finished watching Banshees? Man, that was one of these movies where you kind of sit there, honestly, for a couple minutes, kind of in silence. <clears throat> and I was just like, not only am I like, okay, what did I just watch, right? We're thinking about it, you're processing, but it kind of gets you, I mean, it sets you in that mood of like, man, this is, like, this happens more than, like, it seems, right? This is a very, really simple storyline, but I think everyone is affected by it. Everyone has had this happen, whether you felt you grew distant from someone or like you initiated that. And I think, yeah, it was, it was really good. And I was just kind of sitting there and you have, you have to like contemplate what you just watched. Cause it's, I said, it's a simple storyline, but man, it was so deep. And some, some dialogues, like you got to process and try to understand better. Um, so yeah, very well done. Um, like you said, the visuals were beautiful, stunning and, uh, two really, really good performances. So I, I love this movie. Um, you know, even thinking about it, this this may even move up uh, on my list just because it was just so well done. And I would imagine Colin will be nominated uh, at the Academies for his performance. Um, so, yeah, yep. loved it. I, I think that this movie just really makes you feel every emotion when you're watching it. You know, you're laughing because mm. parts of it are hilarious. You're um, you're angry because parts of it are infuriating because of the, the decisions the characters are making. You're sad because it is it is overall a pretty melancholic movie um but there's also hope in it in in, in some ways um there's even some horror in it a little bit um, yeah and a weird romantic angle that's pretty pretty funny as well i banshees just has everything to offer it's on hbo max right now if you haven't seen it yet i'd highly highly recommend it um, yeah what i love it, like and it is david's number eight yeah i love like these movies that like man you don't hear much about Right. They, yeah, they have some, they have an A list actor, but it's like not full. It's not thick with these actors. It's not, you know, it's just one of these like random, like you can forget about it if you're not careful. And it's, it's an original story. And I just kind of love those movies that kind of come by every once in a while and are done well. Mm -hmm. This movie will also likely be in the best picture race. Um, mm. Glass Onion, which you mentioned as well, has, has a pretty good chance of getting nominated too. But, but Banshees of Inisherin is pretty much a a guarantee will be nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. David, mm. your number five. What do you got? Uh, my number five is Jordan Peele's Nope. I I Jordan Peele's Nope was the closest a movie has ever been to cracking my list. It was between it and Ambulance. I think just for me, I had more fun with Ambulance, but probably if I rewatched Nope, it would easily slide into the top ten. Talk about why you mm. love Nope. Man, Jordan Peele is just is good. Uh, he is good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, me personally, I think he's three for three. I think this is his best movie that he's done. Um, I think Get Out's very close, uh, very very close. But I think Nope is just so very good. Um, man, there's just such a surprise factor, such a shock value in this movie, um, and. Once again, right, you have Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer doing very, very good jobs and Steven Yeun, and, um, and there's just some good performances. And 
it's just such a weird and freaky i i'm a big fan as you, i've mentioned this i love just originality and i love just this original and weird storyline like he's not just copying and pasting um a plot like this is jordan peele like in his mind he created this and like it was able to get produced and get directed and get made and, and it was put on the big screens and i think it was just very well done um it's freaky at times it's intense at times it's funny at times uh he just is able to capture a lot of emotions and um man i i, I really liked it i liked it a lot so nope is number mm-hmm. is at number five for me you know i'm really kind of right now as we're talking about it regretting not putting nope on my list um nope is it, i think it had some of the most the scariest probably most horrifying moments that i in any 2022 release for me um, mm. and yeah, I, I think you're right. I think Peel's Fear for three. I would still have it below Get Out. Um I, I think Get Out is just just a miracle almost and how good it mm-hmm. is. But no Oh, Get Out's so good. Very very good film. Um very unique. And if you haven't seen Nope, which a lot of people haven't, I mean Nope made some pretty good money, but it didn't kill at the box office. Mm. Nope is on Peacock right now. Um so I would encourage. Or I may have to watch that again. Nope, is very very good. Yeah, it's it's a it's a movie that's going to be rewatched. I think there's some also some stuff uh, afterwards. I was reading up on some stuff about the movie, and there's things that I didn't even notice that that connect to the wider hmm. story. And he actually gives you hints as to what's going on throughout. Um, so yeah, wow. I think I'm going to rewatch it. Number five for me is a movie. I I don't know. I'm pretty sure you have further up, and that is All Quiet on the Western Front. Is that up here? At the top of your list, David. Yes, it does. It's actually okay. right. So we will, it's right there. Okay, so we will save that until David mentions "All Quiet on the Western Front." David, what do you have at number four? Uh, number four for me, finally, right? We can talk about it. Uh, Batman. For me, uh, the Batman. Bum, 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 yep, bum, there it is. Bum. Come on. This Which one came out a while ago. For best. For best original score, by the way, um, they released wow. the ten likely nominees for that category, and the Batman did not appear on that list, which is a shame because that score is fantastic. Wow, yeah, I think for me, I- I've kept this up in the top five all year. One, it- it's just so good, really, really well done version. Um, I didn't feel like it was stealing from any of the previous Batman uh, movies. I really felt like Matt Reeves made it his own. Man, and I thought Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano, Jeffrey Wright, John Turturro, Peter, I mean, Colin Farrell. Dude, there are just so many. Andy Serkis, like, I thought everybody did such a very good job. And uh, recency bias almost had me pull this movie lower. But I was like, no, I remember watching this twice, one time, mm-hmm. two times, and every, like, really, really enjoying this. Um, so I tried not to just pull it down just because I hadn't seen it in a long time. Um, but yeah. Visually, it was it was really good. Music, as we just were joking about, really good. And uh, man, I loved Robert's version of, of of Batman. I loved the investigative side. It wasn't just the nice slick car and the action scenes. It was like you got to see his uh, Bruce his a uh, like investigative Batman side of it, you know, and um, the details of the crime scene and stuff like that. I really liked that touch on it, and uh, I'm excited for the second one. And I think it has potential to be just as good. So yeah, really liked Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Batman um, was a movie that I was I was heavily anticipating going into this year, and it's one that lived up. Um, I I just 
it was a very, very good cinema experience for me. It was long, but it didn't feel that way. Um, as I'm thinking about it more, my, my opinion has lowered a little bit of it just because I hate that it didn't really, it, it felt like they had to put in that last big action scene to keep people engaged. I kind of would have liked to have it mm -hmm. in quietly um, with the Riddler at the end and then us like not know what his plan was and going into the second mm -hmm. movie is that's where we, he starts to try to unravel it. Um, yeah. But I, I enjoy um, I, I enjoyed a lot of aspects. We should talk about Colin Farrell um, mm. as well, who, who donned a bunch of prosthetics and, and was the penguin in this film. And I, I had seems just like he was having a ball and, and was great. Um, and Pattinson. I think a lot of people were skeptical yeah. of Pattinson um, before. Whenever it was announced, he got cast. Um, we saw him in the trailer. And we thought, all right, Pattinson's kind of got it. Let's see what he... He was great. Uh, might be the best yeah. Batman. I, I, I like Bale, but I think Pattinson might be a better Batman. Bale was just in better mm. movies, maybe. Um, mm. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think I had a hot take at the beginning that the Batman is better than The Dark Knight. I don't know if that's true. Um, I'd have to rewatch them kind of back to back to really compare, but... This movie is a very, very good movie. In a year where superhero movies were kind of disappointing, this one was not. Mm. Can you be nominated for Emmy Academy for like two different movies? Could Colin be nominated for Banshees and The Batman? Absolutely, you can. And, and okay. it's happened before. He will not get nominated for The Batman. This movie has kind of disappeared from like everybody's thoughts, it seems like, because March was so far away. Um, yeah, it, it kind of didn't grasp the consciousness in a way a lot of people thought it would. So I, I don't know. I, I was expecting to see it. And nobody's even talking about it as Best Picture, which it was kind of seems like when the movie came out, like, oh, so this is going to be nominated for Best Picture. And it's not probably, hmm. uh, which is disappointing. But yeah, I, I think um, I, I still think it's great. I think we're going to revisit it a lot as a movie that it, a lot of people are going to like. Um, and is one of the best renditions of a one of the most popular characters in all fiction. So it's mm. very enjoyable. Yeah. My number four, David, is a movie that I also suspect that you have further up. Um, and my number four for this year is Top Gun Maverick, which I'm assuming you have further up. So we're gonna. I do that conversation. Yes, I do. Um, what do you have at three? Uh, number three is All Quiet on the Western Front. All right, that's my number five, just to recap. David? Cool. All Quiet on the Western Front is a brutal movie. What, oh, why is it ranking so high, even though it's probably the most depressing watch of the year? <laughs> um, it was just so well done. I, I, I as a, It's a Netflix movie, too, which, honestly, Netflix doesn't have the greatest like track streak of being like oh they're gonna put out a banger you know movie usually they're kind of like eh this was so well done um edward burger uh it's probably not how you say his name but it's how it looks so i'm gonna say burger because it's kind of fun uh mm -hmm. yeah i loved i loved this idea of like dropping us and these four kids these these only honest on kids probably adults but they looked like kids like the, the lives of them uh, and them going to war uh, in World War One, and they being excited. Honestly, they they lied and they they cheated to get in because they wanted to, and they're laughing, giggling, excited for this. And it, just to see that transformation, uh, and the to see these four kids like just mature in this two hours and ten minutes. Uh, it's a uh, yeah, it was a tough watch, but it was just so beautifully done. The camera work, um, the lighting, um, 
I love the music. I added the the score to my playlist because it was so so good. I I, I want to play it now just because I'm talking about it. But uh, yeah, I, I really really enjoyed this movie. Another one, right? It ended and you just kind of sit there, kind of contemplating life <laughs> and processing what you watch. So yeah, I liked it. I know it's a it's obviously fifth on your list, but what did you think about it? This is the true, it came out of nowhere movie for me. I heard nothing mm. about this and then was just on Netflix one day. It is all quiet on the Western front. And I was like, huh? That's like a 30s movie. Why is that? Like what? And then yeah. I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll check that out. Because uh, I've heard good things about the original, but I haven't seen it yet. I- I've seen parts of it in school, but not the whole thing. And I was like, ah, probably not. And then I got on Twitter and immediately the top tweet was like, if you haven't seen All Quiet on the Western Front, change that immediately. And I was <laughs> like, all right, guess I'm going to need to find time to, to watch this movie. And I did. And I remember texting you guys about it while I was watching it. His, it's so brutal um, and so horrific. Mm. One of the most effective anti-war movies I think I've ever seen um, in just terms of, of just showing the, the depths of depravity uh, for humans in, in the how futile war is. Um, yep. And it, it really wiped out an entire generation of men. Um, World yep. War One did. And yeah, I agree. The score, um, there's a movie where not a lot of dialogue is exchanged. When it is, it's meaningful, but most of it is, is through emotions. You you could capture this entire film without even really needing to know what they're saying. Um, yep. If you're going to watch it, watch it in the original German. I, I beg of you, watch it in the original German with subtitles. Like I said, they don't talk a lot, but it's... It, it, it's not going to pull you out. Um, it's it's so difficult um, to mm-hmm. get through, but it's a movie I think everybody should see. This is one of those, like, you should watch this. Um, yeah. Because I think it's also just important. It's important to yeah. see something like this. So, yeah, All Quiet on the well, Western Front, fantastic. It's crazy to see, too, like, man, it's easy to remember the like the, the war scenes and in the trenches, but, like, in the, the train car of the generals discussing, and you have one side of, like, I don't care how many people die until I get what I want. And then you have the other side just begging them, like, please stop this killing. Like, you know, we can do this in other ways. And it's just like, yeah, it's a crazy anti-war moment of like, man, people are brutal. People are really brutal. And like at the end, the the stat comes across like that line that they fought over in the movie moved no more than 100 meters one way or the other. And like over 3 million people died. And for the line just to hardly move at all. Like, that's just insane. Um, So, yeah, it's it's a must-watch movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number three um, is a much different movie but uh, in, at times no less emotional and that is everything everywhere all at once David does that appear anywhere in your top ten no dude I haven't got to see it yet I want to so bad you have to pay for it though so, everything well pay for it I'm telling you right now pay for it yeah, I just need everything to everywhere all at once is that it truly is that it's a movie that has everything um, it's directed by the Daniels, Daniel Scheinert and Daniel Kwan, um, and is the indie sleeper hit of the year, quite honestly. Uh, A24 release. It's a well-reviewed movie. Uh, when it came out, it was one of the top 10 of all time in Letterboxd. It has been seen by a million people already. It is wow. one of the most viewed indie movies of all time at this point. It's got everything. It literally does. The title is not lying to you. It is a time travel family story, action, comedy, at times even horror movie. It has everything. And through it all is Michelle Yeoh, who was not going to win Best Actress because 
of a person we will talk about later, but gives one of the best performances of the last five years. It, the, the movie wow. is anchored by her. It is solely dependent on her being great, and she is. Um, it is it's, it's everything. I cried during this movie. I laughed so many times. I was grossed wow. out at points, but like not in a way that was terrible, but in a way that was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Um, yeah, it's just you never know where it's going. You you don't understand what's going to happen next in this movie. It, the possibilities are limitless, and so was the enjoyment. I I really really enjoy this. I know that not a lot of people got the chance to see it. It was only playing in select theaters for a while. Yeah, it's now on yep. VOD. I would urge you if you are looking like I want a good movie to watch on a Friday night. You know, I I just want to see a movie that that I I'm gonna feel a lot of things. I'm gonna laugh. I'm gonna cry. This movie will give you that. Pay the money. Pay the money for the VOD. Mm. I promise you're not gonna be disappointed. This is okay without a doubt one of the best movies of the year and something I very very much enjoyed. This says it's on Showtime, so I guess if you have Showtime, then you could watch it that way as well. Yeah, I think it just went I may, there. A24 has some sort of deal with Showtime. May have to start that free trial and sneak that in on that seven-day free trial or something. Come on. I, I'm telling you, it's it's so worth it. Um, yeah. It's, it's just, uh, I just love it. All right, David, this, your number two, what yeah. you got? Uh, my number two is Avatar The Way of Water. Um, if I could spell it right. There we go. I, I Actually, I watched this twice. Big um Big, big old J dog, um, dude. I watched this twice. So Sunday, so two days after it came out, watched it in two D uh, with a group of friends. Got invited with another group of friends on Monday night, uh, and after I had seen it, I said, "Hey, we should watch this in three D if you all are down." And kind of explained like this was shot with like, you know, three three D state of the art cameras, and they're like, "Bet, okay, let's do it. Let's try it." I, I my second viewing I enjoyed more uh, 3D than than I did with the 2D. I, I think it was actually lower on the list before I'd seen it in 3D. Dude, I um, it's kind of hard to explain how blown away I was. Like, I'm a sucker for like a visually stunning movie. Um, love, I'm a nature guy, so I just love visuals. It. I w- it's kind of hard to put into words when you fr- when he first opens us to this ocean, this whole idea of, you know, a, a new people, a, you know, somewhere else on Pandora who live uh, by the water. And, like, his world is just so believable. I think it just blows me away. Like, being under the water, every single little fish and plant is like a James Cameron-made fish or plant, and it's so believable and looks mm-hmm. so real and it's just so well done um mm-hmm. man this i thoroughly enjoyed this movie um I, i'm thoroughly satisfied uh and little kind of really just one one really actor kind of has the cheesiness stephen lang's character i think has always kind of been that cheesy uh actor and, and script wise you know but for me like that that wasn't a big enough deal for me just because the visuals were were so good. The music was so good. Um, and yeah, love this movie. It, it's at number two for me. And I feel really good about that ranking. And uh, it's, I looked, it's just under $900 million. Uh, it's already made in what a week and a half, I think. So um, this thing's already about to hit a, yeah. 
this thing's already about to hit a billion in 14 days of it being out. So yeah, loved it. Yeah. Um, it was seven for me. Uh, there's some things that didn't work. I'll, I'll get those quickly. The character of Spider, I did not like. Uh, I could have gone mm. without that. Um, I felt like he just kind of slowed the movie to a standstill at points. Um, it just was really weird. But what a lot of people don't get, and I'm not saying this is in like a you just don't understand this, because let's be honest, none of the Avatar movies are hard to understand. All yeah. of the messages oh. that James Cameron wants you to know about are so clear And whenever you're watching yeah. it. Um, yeah. The dialogue at certain points is a little rough, but mm-hmm. the, the, the movie is not about it's not about Jake Sully. It's not about his family. Like it, it is not. It Pandora, the the planet, is the main character. That's what James Cameron yeah. thinks about the most. That's what you spend the most time with. That's why the animals are so like. Quite honestly, the um, I cannot remember the names of the whales at this point, which is not that important. But um, whatever the name for them is, they are the most fleshed out characters in this movie. Which is like mm-hmm. it's crazy that that is true. Because they don't even talk, really. Um, like you don't hear their dialogue; it's just subtitled, essentially. Yeah. But it, it's insane, and that, that's what he's focused on. The world needs to be lived in, and you know what? Yeah, it took James Cameron thirteen years to make this second movie, but I'll be damned if it doesn't look fantastic. Okay, mm. and the the CG in this is amazing. Um, the especially the underwater shots, which kind of retroactively makes Wakanda Forever look worse. I mean, if you look at yep. it, like this is the underwater shot yeah. in Wakanda Forever. This is the underwater shot in The Way of Water. Like he just, yeah. whatever he's going to set his mind to, he's going to do it the best. It has everything a James Cameron movie needs. It's got big spectacle. The dialogue is yeah, but you don't really care. Um, it's got mm-hmm. some really cool action sequences and it cares about the world that it's established in. Um, so yeah, yeah, The Way of Water, I think much better than the original in my opinion, and one of the best movie experiences of the year and by far the best time I've ever had watching a movie in 3D. Because normally I mm, hate that. Yeah. I was even yeah. hesitant to watch it um, in 3D, but that was the only way I could watch it on the biggest screen available at the theater I was going to. So I watched it in 3D and it was worth it. It was so worth it. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to see yeah. it again while it's in theaters. I know that for a fact. Uh, it may not be yeah. this week, but I will watch that movie again. So yeah, Avatar The Way Yeah, I know great pick i definitely know there are some people who are hesitant because of its length like i'll just wait till i'm home i can pause it like i promise you this is a movie that you have to experience on the big screen it will it will like raise your rating two stars i think even like just watching it on the big screen with the surround sound with that experience especially in 3d so i really 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 encourage you watch this in theaters even though it's a long watch because man you will not regret it this movie and the movie that David is about to talk about, that is his number one, are the two movies this year where you got to watch it in theaters. You just had to see it there. That's where, that's where it's going to be the most effective. And yeah, so watch The Way of Water. And David, your number one that you also watched in theaters, tell me about it. Top Gun Maverick. Come Time on. Burn, baby. Let's uh, Mm, dude, I the most satisfied I've been in theaters um, since maybe Endgame, like since I, I it, just it's so incredible, dude. I want to watch it again. I wish it was in theaters still because I'd spend the money and I would watch it again because 
visually so incredible the realness of it tom cruise said hold my beer dude unzipped his pants and said what we're we're, we're releasing this in theaters and there's nothing that i will will do about it Why? um Why and, and it worked out <laughs> it's kind of a different podcast reference it's it's a different reference i guess but i it makes sense in my head but uh dude incredible um and also, like the supporting cast was good too. It wasn't just held but together by Tom Cruise, Miles Teller, Glenn Powell, uh, just to name a few, did really, really good. And uh, this this has been at number one since I've watched it, and I, I don't think I've thought much about moving it off that top spot because it was just so good. It was so good. Yeah, I mean, what, the sen- movie sensation of the year. Um, made one point eight billion dollars. Was beloved by seemingly everyone that saw it, except for the lame people who were like, uh, "Military industrial complex." Like, yeah, I know, I'm aware of that, but this <laughs> movie's cool. So, sorry, I don't like. Yeah, I don't know what to tell yeah. you. Uh, the the it's the same way we were talking about the way of water. They took the time. They wanted to do it right. So yep. they are actually in the planes flying them. It's not a lot of CG, um, and. Which is incredible. Yeah, That's way insane. Way better than the first one. And yeah. you know what? Actually, I'm just going to end talking about it. This is the last thing I'm going to say. I watched this movie in the theaters three times. Ooh. Yeah. That's it. That's all you need to yeah. know. Highest grossing movie of the year. So there you go. Hey, I don't think you ever talked about your number two. Um, That's, that's because you mentioned it earlier. David had this at number six. Cha Cha yeah. Real Smooth is my number two. Now let's let's Cha Cha Real Smooth. Dakota Johnson's character in this movie is not a real person. It is a figment of Cooper Rave's imagination, which you could say all fictional characters are. But there's no way he's basing this off of anybody he actually knows because that doesn't make any sense. However, I love it. This movie is tailor made for me, and this is probably this high up on the list because of the season of life that I am in right now. This is. Mm. This is the letterbox description. Let me just read it to you. Fresh out of college and stuck at his New Jersey home without a clear path forward, 22-year-old Andrew begins working as a party starter for bar slash bat mitzvahs where he strikes up a unique friendship with a young mother and her teenage daughter. This is a movie about Mm. compassion, kindness, and empathy, but it is also a movie about dealing with the real world when you get out of college. I related so much to the shock um, that Rafe portrays. This is why this is so important to me, we, we see this all the time, is a lot of older people in Hollywood have no idea how to write our generation. Hmm. The only thing they use are the buzzwords they hear on social media where everybody's saying, that's lit fam, and stuff like that all the time. They don't understand how we think, how we act. Cooper Rafe does because he's 25. Hmm. So that's, that's why this movie was so effective for me. And I know a lot of people didn't find it as effective Specifically, a couple of critics that I really respect were like, I didn't really love this Um, because I don't think they could relate to it on an age level, which I'm sure if I was 30 or 40, I probably wouldn't like this movie near as much as I do. But I love it because at the end of the day, it's 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 a story about love and loss and kindness and, you know, helping others. But it's really just a story about trying to figure out what to do when you're 22. And -hmm. it's the first one I've seen really of our generation that's like that. There's other movies like that. There's, a, for example, Kicking and Screaming and the movie Diner. Um, there's all, every generation has one. 
And I don't know if this is going to be seen enough to be our generation's um, diner, but mm. I feel like it has that propensity because of how just yeah. relevant it feels. So cha-cha real smooth. David, yeah. how did you feel about this? I loved it. I um, I honestly wouldn't have known about it had you not watched it and suggested it. Um, got a free trial through Apple TV, and I watched this. This kind of reminds me of last year's Licorice Pizza, right? It just drops us right in the middle of peop- this this no one you know to be forgotten uh, person's life, random random town, and right, it's w- dealing with things that that we are dealing with and situations that we're dealing with, and uh, no, I, I really liked it. Cooper Rafe does it, such a good job. Dakota Johnson does such a good job. Also, Vanessa Burgart uh, does a good job as well, um, and. Yeah, really, really like this movie. I was just, it was satisfying. Like, it was just a, um, I, I don't even know how to explain it. This, what, a really well done script. The dialogue was, was, was good for me. Um, never over the top, never forced, never cheesy. Uh, I was just like, happy to be in this movie, um, and to kind of be a part of it. So, yeah, I agree with everything you said. I, I really enjoyed this. Um, so yeah, cha cha, real smooth. Mm hmm. All right, and my, my number one is a movie that David um, has not seen yet um, because, quite honestly, I don't think it was playing in a theater near David. So. No, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't. That is Kate Blanchett's Oscar winning. She's going to win the movie Oscar for Best Actress. It is Tar. Um, Todd Field's examination almost of cancel culture, which sounds like a sh- just a terrible way to make a movie a terrible thing to talk about, but it's not, I promise. This is set in the world of classical music. Lydia Tarr is a famous composer. Um, I love the dichotomy there. I love that it's about such a relevant topic today, but it's set in such an art form that really peaked hundreds of years ago. Um, Mm. And it's just, this is a movie, and I've seen a lot of people say this about Tarr, so it's not going to be original what I'm saying. This is like... Guys, uh, Steph Curry, it, it, he's playing the Thunder on national television. He's got 35 points in the first half. Turn on the television. <laughs> like, that's what this is. You know, it's mm. just Kate Blanchett's going to cook, all right? And the whole time you're watching it, you're like, oh, my gosh, she's so good. And it's not, it's not a movie that's full of, like, emotional, big outbursts, you know, the thing that's going to be in her Oscar reel. She inhabits the character at every single step of the way. This is a believable mm. person because you see people like this represented in the media of all time. She's complex. You think you have her figured out. Something else happens. You're like, I don't know what's going on here. It's a massive movie in scope. I mean, it's nearly three hours long, but it's one that I thoroughly enjoyed every single minute of. I was surprised Mm -hmm. at points. I liked the way they handled relevant topics, and it's not preachy. It's a movie about cancel Mm -hmm. culture that's not preachy. It's not telling you, cancel culture is terrible. We need to stop cancel culture. And it's also not telling you these people deserve to be canceled. This is what we should all do. It is a movie that is displaying one of the most complex and difficult social structures that we have right now. And it's attacking Mm. that through an interesting lens with a great performance and great direction. Um, There are Mm. times in the movie where you're like, Lydia Tarr kind of slaps. And there's other times where you're like, I hate this woman. I cannot Mm. believe she still has power and control. Um, and, th- and that happens a lot. It's it's complex, but it's one that ultimately I think rewards you for sticking with it. Um, so I would encourage everybody to go out and watch this because Kate Blanchett will win Best Actress. I'm calling it now. Wow. You know, Michelle Yeoh and everything, everywhere, all at once is kind of 
second place right now. Sometimes you just run into Michael Jordan in the finals and there's nothing you can do about <laughs> and it. And there ain't. That's just what's going to happen to her. There ain't a yeah, damn that, thing you can do about it. It happens. Um, so, Tar is easy number one for me. Fantastic watch. That, what's crazy is I've heard like other people confident. Like I've heard other people say that like she's winning best actress. Like just flat out people have said that. I'm like, wow. So she must be just very, very good. So yeah, no, I'm dude, I'm excited to watch this. I uh don't know when it'll come out or what it'll come out on, but I'm very excited uh to watch this and I will be seeing this ASAP. Um oh, I'm so upset that nobody near me had this on. It is what it is. I, I, the last thing I will say about this is this is a movie that presents a lot of ideas to you but never once tells you how to feel about them and allows mm. you to um, kind of decide how you feel about the characters and their choices, um, which I like. It, 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 like I said, it's not preachy. It's not forcing you into a way of thinking. It's presenting something to you and asking you to consider what's going on. And then mm. you, you get to decide. So I, I really enjoy that. Uh, yeah. David... Well, you want to you want to talk about a couple of movies that just missed the cut for you that were that were in the eleven through fifteen spots that didn't quite make it. Um, so I kind of mentioned at the top, there were four movies for me that could have easily hit that ten spot, uh, and the other three outside of Barbarian, The Menu, Ambulance, and The Northman, mm-hmm. um, were all so close. Uh, to be in there, especially the menu. I, I went and watched it with my wife, and we both like really, really, really enjoyed it. It was just so weird, and uh, we thought um, it was really well done. We thought Annie Taylor Joy did a really good job, and we thought Ray Fiennes also did a really good job, and uh, it was just weird. Uh, and uh, so we enjoyed that. Um, and then, of course, Ambulance. You talked about that, and then The Northman, which is another movie, kind of like The Batman. What we seen it, we saw it so like early this year that you kind of forget about it. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, The Northman, if it fell simply because of that. Um, but you know, it, it dropped my list a little bit. Uh, so another Anya Taylor Joy uh, movie as well. So yeah, those those are some that made it. You mentioned Nope, just barely missed it. What else for you missed uh, your top ten? I had The Northman as well. Um, that was right there for me. I, I really, really enjoyed um, that movie. I think also the sound, like the, just the, I hear the sound of like the swords in that movie mm. like every night. Like it, it's just seared into my brain. Um, and that final, the final battle in the side of, inside of a volcano, like what? That yeah. Just, that movie was crazy. Eggers went. Also William out. Defoe. Um, I just can't unsee William Defoe and no. stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> It was just, it was so good. Apollo 10 and a half. It's a Richard Linkletter movie. Space Age Childhood um, is the official title of Apollo 10 and a half, Space Age Childhood. Rotoscoped, kind of weird animation, but a movie that made me nostalgic for a period of time in which I was not alive, which means it's like, it's really good. It's Linkletter. Mm. Uh, Linkletter can make you feel nostalgic about anything. That's, that's the way that his movies work. That's why people love movies like dazed and confused and everybody wants some um and he just knows how to inhabit a time period in america um and really put you there so yeah that was a movie for me uh bodies 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 the horror comedy a24 film i really enjoyed um because it wasn't a horror movie it, it was funny again another movie i think that was very effective um 
in talking about Gen Z and also making fun mm. of Gen Z, but in a way that I felt wasn't just like, oh, these dumb kids only care about their phones, but it was making fun yeah. of like rich Gen Z kids that want to so badly be like seen as not having much. Um, one of the yeah. funniest lines I think in movies this year was when one character was like, she said, she said, told another character she was upper middle class, but said it like it was a slur. She was like, you're upper <laughs> middle class. Like, no, I'm not. And they had an argument about it. It's cheese. That's it's, funny. Talk about podcasts in that movie. It's great. And then uh, 15 for me um, is Prey, the mm. uh, Predator prequel that came out on Hulu this year that was a surprise for me. I really enjoyed it. Just a super solid horror action movie. Um, Predator is a character for me that is cool, but in the movies, like the first Predator movie is good. The next, the the rest of them are I could do without. This one is <laughs> yeah. by far the best since the original. Um, mm. And I really enjoyed it. So That's awesome. That's I, that, uh, I, I will, One more. I had the black phone. I enjoyed that. That was, that was on the outside. Um, I'm making a list now, and I, I want to ask this to you. I have, obviously, Tar, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, but another movie that I haven't seen yet in 2022 that I want to uh, is The Fablemans, directed by Steven Spielberg, kind of about his mm-hmm. life. So those are three that I haven't seen in 20- this year that I want to, probably still next year. What are some movies that you didn't get to see in 2022 that you're like, I ha- I'm going to watch this? Absolutely. Um, the Fablemans, as you have said, um, Glass Onion for me, which is coming up. I'm, I know I'm going to watch that Wednesday. And Babylon. You, you've you seen Babylon already, mm. you and Sophie, yeah. to watch it um, this past week. Uh, I have not. And I know that you guys weren't very high on it. Um, I've got a lot of mixed reviews. Uh, but I'm there are some really good parts. There are some really good parts. to be an epic moment um, yeah. in the movies for me. Uh, no matter what happens, it's going to be memorable. So I'm, I'm looking forward to Babylon. And then a movie that is coming out um, that hasn't even come out yet, but is technically going to be a 2022 movie is the film White Noise, which I've talked about before on this uh. podcast. It's premiering on Netflix December 31st. That is the uh, book based on Don DeLille's famous novel that has Greta Gerwig and Adam Driver in starring roles. I love both of those actors. I love Noah Baumbach, who is the director. And that I read that book this year in anticipation of the movie. Mm. And that was one of the best books I've read ever mm. so i'm very excited well, for that it's getting a little mixed reviews but i think it's going to be up my alley and i'm going to ignore the critics so i'm so excited about that it's coming out in 2022 but like on, on theaters or is it right to streaming or like where is it so you know what i mean it had it's-, a, it's had a short i think it's had a short theater release in new york and los angeles right now and then it will be dropping on netflix december 31st Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that's absolutely, I want to watch that too then because I've heard, we've kind of talked about that a little bit too. Uh, mm. So, yeah. Man, that was fun. We uh, we like movies. We like movies a lot. And we both watched over 340 movies this year. Um, we watched a lot of movies. Uh, but hey, not as, not as many as some though, surprisingly. There are actually a lot of people that have watched a lot more than us. Uh, so... Yeah, they, this has been our top 10 movies of 2022. Um, it's kind of crazy that it's already coming to an end. But uh, episode 63, what do you want to watch? Nathan and I have been talking about it, and you've been listening to it. We'll see you later. Mm-hmm.